Hey, it's Allie. And Jenny. And if you like what you're listening to on Once More With Commentary, we would love it, love it if you guys would subscribe either from iTunes or Google Play, because that's where we are. And we'd also love it if you would take a moment to rate and review us on either of those platforms. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy podcast. Uh, I'm Jenny. And I'm Allie. And this week, we're talking about consequences. I don't know why I'm laughing about that. It was a disturbing <laughs> was a really episode. It was, episode. I, I was laughing because I just liked the way that that sounded like it could be a, its own sentence. Like, we're this, this week, we're just going to discuss consequences. Um, and also Doppelgangland, which is a far less serious episode. Um, but twice as good. But twice is good, yeah. I I liked consequences. No, I do too. But I mean, coming after consequences, like Doppelgangland was just so freaking funny. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty precious. Um. But yeah, I made Allie get up extra early to record <laughs> today, and I feel a little bit guilty about it. But, uh, but you shouldn't. I really want to tell you not to because, like I told you, I planned around it. So, like, also I dug myself into this hole where I probably would have been getting up around this time anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to a friend's giving. That's why I've got to get out of town. Um because I'm going to Jersey, <laughs> uh, and it's far away. It's not that far, but it's far enough that it's taking going to take me some time to get there. Um, well, and it sounds like it was kind of earlier in the day. Yeah, it was a little early start time, um, and I'm still going to be late, but whatever. Eh, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, but I made cookies, and I'm like, you know, they just came out medium. It's because I forgot half of the flour <laughs> until the last second, and then I just mixed it in, and like... You know, I just, you know, that's not, it was not the way you're supposed to kind of put things together. So I think it's like, it's fine, but it could have been a little better. No, I thought about that a lot because you were telling me this and I was laughing mm-hmm. because this is sort of like our MO when we Classic. get together. <laughs> like we forget things. Um, and Always I was, have or double something <laughs> yeah. and then not the rest of it. Yeah. I, um, I remember those cookies, those lime cookies one time where mm-hmm. rolling it out was like, this feels like butter. <laughs> yeah. That was what, uh, yeah. Um, but I did the same thing the other day and I was like mixing up. It was supposed to be like a dough and I was like, why is this so liquid? And then I realized I had left out like half the flour. So of course I add it but then I was thinking I was like I don't know that this is really the way to do it because like you're putting the flour in at the wrong time and then what ends up happening because you've mixed it in the wrong order is you have to end up over mixing it to get it fully incorporated Mm. so I was like when it came out like I mean there were other things that went wrong with this thing but like the the bottom part that was like this was like what it happened to was like really was kind it, was of it soggy? dry, but also really tough. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I overactivated the damn gluten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like with these cookies, it wasn't such a big deal because they're just kind of like crumbly shortbready type anyway. But I'm just annoyed, really. <laughs> you know, as soon as I realized it, I was like, yeah, I have the. I've thought back to my memory, and I was like, yes, I remember dipping into the flour once. <laughs> and I was supposed to do two cups, so like, what was I doing? Anyway, well, um, I'm sure they're but yeah, fine. yeah, they tasted okay. 
Don't tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably shouldn't tell anyone because they I won't know notice. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them. I'm getting it out on our secret podcast instead. They can find and then every- next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after the fact. It'll be yeah. too late. Oh, that's too funny. Well, I'm jealous of Friendsgiving. I um yeah, well, I've I didn't never gone to the one with you. our friends because, of course, it's Me neither. in New Jersey. <laughs> well, and usually they do it, um, you know, closer to actual Thanksgiving. So I can't go because I'm always traveling. Right. So it is actually kind of nice. I mean, this is when it's supposed to happen. Never. It's like, you mm-hmm. know, a week or two before. Yeah. So you make cookies good. and I'm assuming it's potluck or... No, I, they're making all the main courses. Oh, wow. That's ambitious. Uh, supposedly someone is making soup and someone's bringing something, but we were all just supposed to bring something. But Brian made pie, so that's exciting. I actually threatened him. <laughs> I think he took it pretty seriously. Like your Instagram can't be Brian the Pie Guy if you, <laughs> if you don't bring pie. <laughs> he Well, he just was like busy like working and stuff this week. So he was like not sure if he was going to have time to make it. And I was like, if you don't bring pie, I'm not going to talk to you so the whole day. Pie and tell everyone you made it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you won't know. He'll have kept his promise and you don't know. Ugh, no, he sent me pictures of the dough. So yeah, I don't believe Brian would buy a pie, but Mm-mm. um that's funny. I'm. We're having a Thanksgiving dessert competition at work. Next Ooh, week, so obviously I fun. entered, but yeah. Now I'm like feeling really competitive about it, and I'm like, I need to. Well, calm you'll down. definitely win. No, I mean, you never know because. Okay, you have to say that because you'll jinx yourself. But I can sit here from afar and say. <laughs> but if it's like subjective voting, like I mean, people in my office definitely know that I bake a lot, um, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely trying to be strategic. Like I'm not making anything <laughs> with pumpkin or apple or chocolate mm. <laughs> because you want to stand out. Um, okay. But what I am making is a cranberry curd tart, and okay. I have made it once mm. before, and it came out amazing. And then I tried to make it, like, a month later, and it was like I was crying in my mom's kitchen because, like, it was just a disaster. So we'll see how it goes this time. <laughs> Hopefully better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it comes out correctly, it's like this hazelnut cookie crust with like a magenta filled like tart it's like really stunning Mm. so visually i think it will stand out from the crowd um which if i've learned from bake-off that's half the battle so (laughs) i want to make something that paul and mary would be proud of you really need to watch that one season so that we can i can complain about it more i have watched it i've watched all the seasons I just oh. didn't, I was confused. You just didn't you remember? Were complaining to me. I thought you were talking about the most recent season and I was oh, so confused. Okay, okay, okay. And then I realized I what you were talking about. But I, That's it had right. been That's a little right. while since I had watched it. So I was only vaguely okay. aware of like these things. But it sounded right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. That was the problem. I don't want to get into yeah. to spoilers. So I haven't watched the most recent season, but I, I probably will eventually. I... Well, I I'm not deciding, but I don't think I will. I was firmly against it, and then I found out one of the new judges is that guy from the <laughs> IT crowd, so I feel like... <laughs> yeah, he's just so weird. I don't know. You know, it's just it's just definitely a different show, and it's like, I don't know if I want something different. I don't know if... I don't th- feel like they've broken the mold enough that I will be able to forget, you know, what I want it to be. Yeah. I just either need more time, or I'm or I won't do it. I mean, that's, but I need a little more distance. You just need a little, like, you need to like miss it enough that you're like willing to do it. I exactly. Think. Yeah. Also, did or you, or have not watched it in so long that I forgot 
kind of everything. And then it's just like, oh yeah, this is great. This is what it was always like. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that, that one of the new judges accidentally <laughs> yes. tweeted the results? <laughs> yes. uh, oh, that was probably a stern talking to. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, okay. So speaking of, you know, shows that I probably wouldn't watch a revival of, let's talk about Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Graceful. That was an awkward <laughs> I was like, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> Again, I thought we were gonna wrap it into consequences. Well, I was like, yeah, shows that have consequences. Not enough flour. <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah, so this week, like you said, we've got consequences first. Um mm-hmm. Okay. And- I can give the rundown for this one. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, I swear to God, I take notes about the whole episode. And then every time we do these summaries, it's like, it just, you know, it doesn't come out the way I picture it. Um, but yeah, so leaving off of the end of Bad Girls where Faith accidentally stabbed Alan, um, we see that Buffy is like really tormented by what happened. She's having like nightmares about it. And then she wakes up to find out it's like, all over the news, you know, or at least the local Sunnydale news that everybody knows that this happened. It's a big deal because it turns out he wasn't the mayor's assistant. He's the deputy mayor. I know. <laughs> not clear. That was not clear before. But anyway, so suffice it to say that, like, it's making headlines. And the mayor is, of course, like, interested in investigating it himself. So it's getting extra attention, um, more so than deaths typically do in Sunnydale. Um the new watcher, Wesley, you know, he encourages Buffy and Faith to investigate this death, even though there's nothing to indicate that it was supernatural, which, of course, puts them in a sticky position because they know exactly what happened. Um, and Faith keeps pushing Buffy to just help cover, just help lie about what happened so that they can just move on. Um, anyway, so th- but they do start doing their own investigation and both the mayor and the, the two slayers sort of simultaneously find out that Alan actually had other motives. You know, he, we knew in that episode that he, in the last episode that he was going there, probably he knew that the Slayers were there. I assumed it was for some sort of sabotage reasons, but it turns out he was probably trying to hand over information about the mayor to them. Um, so that's like a weird tidbit. Also, while the girls are investigating, they see Mr. Trick with the mayor. So they realize that he's, you know, not quite the stand-up uh, civic leader that he seems to be, that he's clearly got some dark dealings going on. Um, but yeah, Buffy keep finally kind of calls Faith out, and then the police come to investigate. We see our same favorite police investigator yeah. who's investigated all of Buffy's crimes. Um, but Faith lies. But you know, they both lie to the to the police. But then Faith goes to Giles herself and and lies and says that Buffy is the one that did it and basically just flips the story. Um, but luckily Giles like totally can see right through her. Um, but Wesley overhears the conversation that he and Buffy are having and Wesley calls the watchers council to like come fly in and deal with faith. Uh, and things just get real dark and really out of control at the end. So like angel captures faith because he thinks that he can talk some sense into her, uh, just kind of because they share a lot of dark, uh, inclinations and stuff, but she escapes from Angel and then, well, actually she doesn't escape. The watchers come and beat up Angel and steal faith. And then she escapes from them. Not before like severely injuring and threatening additional people. Um, 
But finally, as she's trying to escape, like she and Buffy sort of have a showdown, but then they get attacked by the mayor's lackeys and but Faith saves Buffy at the last second and then like maybe kind of decides to stick around town to hopefully make amends. But of course, at the very end, we find out that she, in fact, goes directly to the mayor and says that she's going to work for him. Also, she killed Mr. Trick. So she's taking his place as the mayor's kind of side by side side guy. Ugh. There's so, so yeah. many questions I have about this episode. Okay. Um, but yeah, number one, who knew that Alan was the deputy mayor? He literally acted like an office assistant that whole time. The mayor treated him like an office yeah, assistant. Yeah, I guess that's not out of character for the mayor, but it was not clear until they literally said those words that he was the deputy well, mayor. Well, also, like, they, oh, okay. in the same sentence, he says the deputy mayor, and then he says, Alan was a good aide to me. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it sounds like he's talking yeah, it was about clearly his assistant. role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also the thing that was confusing is, like, we find out after the fact here that, like, maybe Alan was going to give them information or something, maybe about the mm-hmm. Ascension, like, who knows. Um, but it's always so confusing to me because, like, there is no indication in the previous episode that, like, mm-hmm. it just seems like he's just there. Like, that they just yeah. run into him and he's just, like, accidentally there. And, yeah. then, and then now they're jump like the mayor is jumping to the conclusion that Alan was maybe betraying him, but we never really get any confirmation that he wasn't just in the wrong place. Well, there was something about his, I thought there was some, the mayor was going off of something. Well, the maybe mayor, you're right. um, I think was assuming because Alan had left all of these files around about his mm-hmm. like dirty dealings. So like he's jumping to that conclusion, but like, mm-hmm. it's still not ever confirmed that that's yeah. what was actually going on. It is a little on. bit vague. But I guess that why would Alan go there without orders from the mayor to do so, if not to kind of right. out him? So he's probably right. But yeah, it is a little bit muddy. Um, the mayor sure is right about shredders, though. Shredding is fun. Uh, yes. I love when the mayor talks about anything that he does in the office and he's like, he's complaining this time about how even shredding the evidence that Alan was trying to turn over isn't making him feel better about Alan's death. And I was like, but you are right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't found a good place for my shredder. I got one a few months ago, but it, like, I don't have a good place where it can both be plugged in and I can get to it easily. So I have to just like pull it out once a month and shred all my papers. Yeah. Mostly um, junk mail. Anyway. I agree. I, I laughed out loud when the mayor said that. Because I was like, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, it's like, that's what's so funny about the mayor, I think, and why I think he's my favorite villain is mm-hmm. he's so human in, like, yeah. in addition to being so evil. I worry that I would, like, work well in his office. <laughs> yeah, Mayor, you're right. Let's go shred some documents. <laughs> I will take some hand sanitizer. Yeah, but he seems like he takes care of the, like, admin, you know? He cares about that stuff. It's rare to, like, be an admin assistant and be appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but anyway. The other thing that I didn't really mention in the summary, though, is that there's still a lot of tension between Buffy and Willow because, in again, in the previous episode, these, the, you know, bad girls and consequences totally go hand in hand. Um, but Willow was feeling left out because Buffy kept running around with Faith um, and talking about how they're bonding because they're slayers and, you know, Willow can't break into that. So um, that was definitely one of the, like, lingering emotional threads in this episode. Well, and speaking of lingering emotional threads, I mm, mm-hmm. only want to talk about this briefly because 
I just don't want to talk about it mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but we find out, or or the rest of the group finds out in this episode that mm-hmm. Xander had sex with Faith because when they're discussing what to do about Faith, Xander tries to claim that he has some sort of connection with her. Which yeah, Buffy kind of he laughs obviously off because, does not. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Faith really thinks of these men that she sleeps with as, like, a joke. Um, Mm -hmm. Giles is, I think, more just, like, appalled and confused. And Willow, though, Mm -hmm. is is the first to understand what Xander's trying to hint at. Mm -hmm. And also, like, just utterly heartbroken over this, which is annoying on so many levels. Because I understand there's probably some lingering, like, attraction and feelings. And, like, even though Willow has fully committed to us and, like, they Mm -hmm. seem to be doing really well, like... It's still another example where Xander literally went to the worst person before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I guess he ha- didn't, Willow wasn't an option. Like, she had taken herself off the table at this yeah. point. But, like, but still, no, I, it's like Xander's awful taste in um Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand where Willow is coming from. Yeah. And I feel like I really appreciate that they give her that scene. Because it doesn't add anything to the plot, you know? No. That's only there. Like, they could have just had her be sad kind of when they're talking about it. They didn't need to do that for any reasons other than to, like, just give her that moment. If And also, as we've, or as I say all the time, like, Allison Hannigan's so good at crying and being sad that, like, it just kills me every single time. Yeah. Um, but also, I think like, the yeah. important thing about that whole thing is, like, it's yet another example of where Xander thinks that he's the one who can solve the problem. Yeah. They shoot yeah. his de- idea down. Like, they're like, no, this isn't what you think it is. Like, you don't really. Yeah. And, like, and, and he doesn't believe Xander them. actually truly believes that they mm-hmm. have some connection because, like, when he goes to confront Faith, like, she really yeah. hurts his feelings when. Well, she- I was going to say, in his defense, I that that's a hurtful first sexual experience you know like anybody getting rejected right away is something that I I can understand why he would have assumed that not that he he should really be listening to Buffy and I also just you know he hasn't spent that much time with Faith one-on-one so I, I I think that he could know better but I am a little bit sympathetic to like it is hurt. It would be hurtful to get treated that way, <laughs> well, sure, you know. But I and just think like I think even with all of this, he should have known like this is fake. He like, should have this known, isn't yeah. What you think it is, and um, but then the other thing is like it really backfires on him because like she almost kills him, like. Well, and she sexually assaults him too. You know, she as part of her taunt, she just starts grabbing him and like gets on top of him, and he's not at all. I mean, you know. I guess it could have ended in a couple directions. I'm just saying, like, it, she she really does go too far. Um, yeah, I mean, but... But but like, again, I mean, I just think this is a time to, like, if those genders were reversed and a guy got a, pushed a girl onto the bed and then sat on top of her, I think it would be clearly sexual assault. So it's like, oh, you're you're going pretty far, you know? Well, let's or harassment, that, that, I guess, that is that maybe the... assertion when we get to a certain episode in a few seasons, because you're right, it would be sexual assault. <laughs> no, I, I'm never saying that that doesn't happen later. Yeah. I just don't accept it as, like, I think, I don't accept it in the show for a whole bunch of other reasons. Okay. Well, it's not that I don't think it happens. Um, I just think it was a mistake in the show. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. for now... The Faith and Xander thing, like, she does really almost choke him to death, and the only mm-hmm. reason she probably doesn't is because Angel interferes. Right. Um, but, sorry, though, but before we close out kind of talking about that earlier scene, though, I think what stood out to me more is, like, how it's less that 
Xander has, you know, he does always have to, he's always trying to prove something about himself. And I do feel like in that scene, he just wanted them all to know that he slept with Faith. Oh my God. Like, it, know he knows he that, like, he has no tact and this. there's, there's no reason to tell Giles that. You know what I mean? Like, and that he keeps saying it without saying it. So until they all pick it up, it's like, it's so annoying when people do that. You know, just tell me what you want to tell me. You know, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to pick up on your leading hints to ask you, oh, did you sleep with Faith? Like, just say it, buddy. <laughs> or don't say it because there's no reason to talk about it with Giles there. I just, anyway. like, he just so badly wanted them to know this. Like, he really did. no yeah. other real reason because... Unless he, like, really honestly, truly believes that he's the one who can solve the problem, which I also believe because... I do think he thinks that. Like, that's always what he thinks. Um, even when they're telling him, no, no, we got this, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it anyway because I'm the only one who can get to, through to her. Yeah. Um, but, but, again, all that said, Xander really does get... I think he gets more than his share of punishment out of that, so I guess I don't want to ride him too hard, but it is hurtful. Again, like, how could he not think that maybe Willow wouldn't want to hear it. But then again, she's with Oz, so I don't know. Xander has absolutely no <sighs> emotional intelligence. So it's true. He's, he would yeah. never even stop to think about whether Willow wanted right. to hear that. Right. Um, but also, so I we're getting to the point where, like, Angel, so Angel this entire time has been kind of watching mm-hmm. Faith because he knows something happened because mm-hmm. in the previous episode he had seen the blood on Buffy's hands. I don't know if when he then sees the crime scene if he can smell that it was the same blood, but mm. maybe. Maybe. Um, so he's kind of keeping an eye on Buffy and Faith, and obviously I think comes to the conclusion that Faith is the one that's kind mm-hmm. of, like, risky here. Um mm-hmm. So he's luckily kind of lurking while Faith is assaulting Xander, but how did Angel get into Faith's room? Do, do we not oh, need yeah. to think too hard about that? Because I guess hotels have different rules. They don't, though, because they've mentioned it. Has he been in there before? That's the question. I don't know. They huh. they never show her inviting yeah, him in. Yeah, I think in, that's sloppy. Yeah. They never really mention whether hotel rooms have the same protections, um, which I think... Although, would be dangerous the, for a slayer to be staying in a place if they didn't. And um, the bad watcher, whose name escapes me right now, she implied that they wouldn't be able to because she comes and knocks on Faith's door that one time and is like, oh, here's a tip. Vampires don't typically knock. But it just kind of something about the way that that scene is worded makes me think that they can't get in without being invited. Yeah. I guess I'm reading too much into it. But yeah, I agree. A hotel seems solidly like vampires shouldn't be able to get there. The room. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but so that just kind of made me pause. But I mean, whatever. Angel hitting Faith with a baseball bat is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. mean, just because at this point she's so set up as the villain in this story. So it's like, and yeah. he saved Xander's life, I guess. Yeah. Um, All the more reasons Xander should keep that in mind. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, obviously, I know why this isn't the case. But it's so clear now that, like, what the Watchers really need to be trained on is, like, how to deal with all the emotional fallout of this stuff. Because, like, we've seen more, like, what I'm saying is that they need a psych, they need to understand psychology or they need to have somebody that they can call, you know? Because it's, like, it's so frustrating that the Watchers' response is 
I mean, what is their response, really? They are going to let her get away with it, but they're not going to counsel her through this. You know, that's not their goal. That's that's what I'm really confused about because, like, Giles seems to understand that this is a psychological issue. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's why, like, Faith lies to his face. He knows this is happening. Mm -hmm. But he just lets her do it because he's like, at this point, it's more dangerous to make her think that you're not on her side. Um, right. Because she's so clearly scared and, like, that's what she's lashing out against. So Giles kind yeah. of understands this, and that's why he decides not to involve the Watcher's Council. Of course. But but then when he tells Buffy what the protocol is for something mm-hmm. like this, what he lays out is something much tamer, like, there'll be an investigation, yeah, that's true. like, whatever, like, probably he assumes there's some sort of psychological component. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening when Wesley calls Quentin is something way more violent like they take faith and put her in chains Mm -hmm. and then are gonna like ship her off to england and it's like okay one why does this investigation need to happen in england surely the watcher can conduct it and also why are you treating her like a prisoner like is it because at this point faith had like been considered dangerous Uh, or i think it was they're just way overreacting like i think that that would have been their their reaction either way but see, I do think she was like under described. under arrest. Though. I mean, maybe they lied to Giles. You know, yeah, they that, haven't kept him in the loop. It just seemed like maybe because Wesley felt like Giles had undermined him that he called Quentin and they came up with like this extreme plan versus like, what would otherwise would have been done. Mm. Like because Wesley, like I, the only reason Wesley calls is because he's like well, no, this this ex-watcher is not handling this situation on mm-hmm. my watch. Like, you know, he's definitely trying to assert himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think that he... But Wesley also wouldn't have any sway over the watchers. Like, they were always going to do whatever they wanted to do. I feel like that was how they were going to handle it either way. Maybe. But that is interesting. It is really upsetting, though. You're totally right that, like... What good is a psychological evaluation down the line if, meanwhile, you further traumatize your slayer, like, who really does have a completely singular burden on her that you'll never understand? <laughs> like, the least you can do is just provide some counseling. And, like, why isn't, like, having a therapist just come with the gig? Like, here's, hey, you're the new slayer. You get a watcher and a therapist because you you're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about no, because they just want to burn them out and kill them. They don't actually think of them as human. That oh, is that's the whole true. thing is like, they it's just true. don't think of slayers. They're, they're disposable. They're expendable. They die quickly and mm-hmm. don't get attached. And like, honestly, they just look at them as tools. Like they don't think of them as actual humans that would struggle under any of this because that would require taking a look at like what they're doing right. by fighting the front lines of this war with a 16 year old girl. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good point. Yeah. It is so interesting, though, how much I never, I, you know, I, I don't, I never liked the Watcher's Council, obviously, because you're not supposed to, but without us having these conversations, I don't think I really would have, you know, I just, it's really becoming one of my favorite topics, <laughs> I guess, or like my favorite analogies to the real world. Like something about them is just like, I can't let them go. I can't let it go. I have to keep thinking about them. Um, anyway. Yeah. Cause it's really, I mean, the more you think it's about just it, so the upsetting. more problematic they are. Um, and that I really am now convinced that, of course, I don't think that they meant it this way when they wrote it, but I'm convinced that the Watcher's Council is the one spreading lies about vampire souls, you know, vampires and souls. Like, they're the ones making, spreading these rumors to make everybody think it's an easy black and white issue when, like, it's clearly much more complicated than that. Well, and actually, let's table that for the next episode. Is that not the one where Angel made that throwaway line? Uh, oh, you're right. It was. It was. You're right. It was <laughs> the next I one. Okay, you're right. Good. You stopped me just in time. Totally, like, I paused the video. Yeah. I was like, yeah. 
hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we will definitely have that discussion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So um, anyway. Yeah. Um, but in this one, like the, you know, obvious villain becomes Faith. And mm-hmm. do you think like, I think both like, so, you know, she starts off the episode obviously scared and then feels like Buffy is going to rat her out. Mm-hmm. So she decides to, you know, go rat all Buffy in every woman for Faith basically and um, rat Buffy out. And, um, and somehow thinks that Buffy's friends are going to go along with this, which is the insane part of her plan. It's um, true. But also, um, by the end, you know, she's going to the mayor, which to me always seems a little bit abrupt. Like it the, is cause she really hasn't had any interactions with him. Yeah. They've never even met, but she knows that he yeah. knows who she is. And, um, I guess she decides like she's heading to safety, right? So she, I guess mm-hmm. she thinks like the mayor can provide that, but, but I, what, ha- what I want to say is I think obviously Faith's, it's interesting. So Faith's switch from like part of the team to villain seems to mm-hmm. me like they've both telegraphed it for like episodes and also like it seems instantaneous. Like she's yeah, just you're right. all of a sudden like kills one man and then becomes totally evil. Although as Angel says, like she's developed a taste for killing, which we kind of see like she's, when she's strangling Xander, like the look on her face is mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I can do this. Like. You know, I mean, I'm yeah, because I think that, yeah, it's implied a little bit that there's a power rush there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, she and Buffy got in this big argument because Buffy's kind of been buying into Faith's idea of like, oh, we can we're do slayers we and want. we can, you know, we should really celebrate mm-hmm. that. But Buffy's realizing that for Faith, that means she's above everyone mm-hmm. and like above Although, humans. Yeah. And, and yeah. so Faith is trying to tell her like, no, you really buy into this. But like, that's just a line that like, Buffy's not going to cross. Yeah. But truthfully, it's not something that Faith b- believes either. You know, it's super, I just feel like it is, cl- it's clear that she's saying these things because she doesn't, she doesn't have the tools to deal with this otherwise. And she doesn't, you know, this is really where we see the effect of like Buffy breaking her trust, you know, a few episodes ago, she doesn't feel like she can trust Buffy. So who else is she going to tell? She's really not been in this situation for that long. You know, she, or I mean, when by this situation, I mean Sunnydale, like she doesn't know Giles that well. All the people that she's put her faith in have died. Um, anybody who's supposed to be taking care of her has failed her. So I, you know, it, it, I do think it's a, it's a well-written arc. (laughs) It makes total sense, but I I do agree though, that it, it needs like a slightly better bridge between the mayor and her. How does she go from point A to point mayor in, like, 10 seconds? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's basically Um, what happens. But, yeah, but I, I, it really does always go back to kind of that moment where Buffy did kind of, you know, she, Buffy does put other people before Faith. She's not wrong in that assessment of Buffy, I don't think. Well, Faith brings that up in this episode. Yeah. You know, she's willing to, um... Hide a vampire, but she's not willing to hide this secret of what happened for Faith, and so it's true. Um, and Faith's not wrong. I mean, that's totally yeah, exactly. true. I mean, the difference is that Buffy was hiding Angel's existence, and this is where Faith committed murder by accident. But although I Angel mean, but committed murder you too, know, Angel so. could have been yeah. You he and at a minimum, he could have been dangerous. She really yeah. did. He was pretty feral when they first encounter when she first encountered him. So. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Faith is wrong. Again, I mean, that's kind of why she's a great villain is because she's not wrong really about anything. Uh, other than she should not, you know, she's making the wrong choice, but her assessment of the situation is pretty more or less accurate. Um, 
anyway, but it is a pity. I wish she had gotten a little more time to bond with Giles because I think we're really seeing Giles step into his role as like, you know, he's accepting the like paternal nature of his, of his job now. He's also fired, so he doesn't have a job, but, um, Giles not just giving, like, just not caring about anything about the Watchers Council is just so wonderful. He seems it is. so relaxed. It really is. He does. <laughs> and and I don't want to slander Giles. He does still have his job as a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, you know what bugs me, though, about this episode is that Buffy and Faith get caught on camera in the mayor's office. Like, be better. At, you guys are bad at stealth. <laughs> Yeah, How did they not think there the were going to be cameras were... in City Hall? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also and they didn't he... even try to hide from them. Like, go in the window. He didn't yeah. catch them on his ca- his secret camera that, like, maybe doesn't belong in his office. He saw them walking down the hallway. <laughs> I guess they assumed it was a public building, and so people are there. I don't know. But they but... were there after hours. Yeah. All I yeah, know, okay. look, that, everything about that scene, all I know is, like, when they're snooping in Alan's office, mm-hmm. all I can hear is Faith's creaky leather jacket. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, look at this. <laughs> um, um, that's pretty funny. Yeah. But we do see at the end of this, like, the mayor basically loses his entire staff. I mean, this opens mm-hmm. the door for Faith to come in, but, like, Mr. Trick is finally killed. Mm-hmm. Um, although Rest it kind of peace, happens though. sort of suddenly, him. like... Faith kills him to save Buffy, and so I guess he gets, like, this bigger death than just random, but it mm-hmm. does seem like an odd way for Trick to go out. It's true. Um, so Faith is the only one left of Faith, Hope, and Trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott's not dead, but, Well, but yeah. he's, he might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that if the Watchers hadn't come, that Angel would have gotten through to Faith? I mean, I think we're supposed to think that he would because, mm-hmm. like, otherwise, like, poor tragic angel, like, getting attacked by the Watchers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Like, I think that's the tricky thing about Faith is, like, she's terrible at lying, yes, but she also is sort of really good at making people think, like, she's going along with something because, mm-hmm. like, we'll see in the next episode, like, she's just kind of acting like it's business as normal. Um, right. So, I mean, who knows? But it did, it did appear that he was starting to kind of get through to her. Um, and I like their dynamic. Well, I think that's a good use of Angel, you know, because we don't get to, in, in Buffy, we don't get to explore all of his thoughts that often. So I do think that it's always interesting when he talks about, you know, all the things that he lives with every day that he really doesn't share with anyone. Maybe Buffy, but we don't really see yeah, it on not screen. Not in a, exactly. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of doubt that he does much. I'm sure they've talked about it a little bit, but I don't get the impression that they're having a lot of those conversations. No, because, like, he wouldn't want her to think of him that way. But exactly. like, he openly admits to Faith, like, you know, these feelings of mm-hmm. wanting to kill people, like, he's definitely had them in the past. He probably still has them now because he's still a vampire. So, like, right. he still wants to kill people. He just mm-hmm. doesn't. Interesting. Yeah. It's, um, um, you're right, I think a really good use of Angel as, like, you know, he is the one person who actually could understand what Has something going productive, yeah, yeah, to say. It's well, a good point. Buffy was there when they killed Alan, but, like, she didn't kill Alan. Like, she realized mm-hmm. that he was a human. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do think it's interesting that Giles sort of 
you know, he, he accepts that he's like, yes, I'm sure you feel terrible that this happened, but he also mm-hmm. sort of like dismisses it as collateral damage and that like, yeah. this is definitely not the first time this has happened. And well, I, yeah, I don't feel like he was trying to dismiss it so much as just make reassure no, her no, no, that no. it is, it was an accident. In, like it didn't matter, but I mean, dismiss mm-hmm. it as like, this isn't a crime. Yeah. Like this is yeah. a huge thing that you need to worry about because like this right. is just goes hand in hand with like fighting a war basically. Of course. Which um, is depressing, but yeah, um, you would think in close combat they would be aiming for zero civilian casualties, although they probably are. But I mean, they're pretty close to it. Yeah. Well, no, they're not. I don't know. <laughs> I have to go back and watch every episode and see how many people are ac- accidentally dying in the background. Um, I think this I is do... probably the first, the first death though that like comes directly at. The oh, sure, of sure. Slayer. Well, definitely that. Yeah. But I mean. Y- uh, circumstantially, though, Buffy does kill Ted. It just happened to be a robot. <laughs> okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what you know what else I wonder about, though, is that I, I understand Faith's lack of trust, but what, what we're talking about, right, what Giles says to Buffy is that we can handle this and that this has happened before. He must have said the same thing to Faith. I would think that she would have uh, maybe heard that and thought, oh, okay, maybe I don't have to keep lying about this. But I guess she's just, yeah. Unless he didn't, because unless maybe the thing that would reassure Faith was not that, but that, don't worry, we'll take her. care yeah. of it, we'll invest, you know, like, look mm-hmm. into it, like, yes, we'll make sure Buffy's pays for this, like, because, like, yeah, that's I guess. where Faith's headspace was, I think, so, but you're right, like, that is a little bit odd if he didn't say that to her. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that, I, uh, crushed my heart a little bit at the end of this episode is there was a time, you know, so Wesley, like... I mean, Wesley is totally hapless, but he is, he's trying to do the right thing. You know, he, it's clear, I think that Wesley always has his heart in the right place, even if he's not able to do anything about it. But at the very end, he says to them, like, I want to help. And it really broke my heart. What I'm saying is that Alexis Denehoff, Denisoff, uh, uh, I never say his name out loud, I guess. How do you say Denisoff? Denisoff. Whatever. I just really liked his delivery because he, you could hear him like kind of breaking and that he just sounded so sad where he's like, he wasn't trying to ruin everything for faith. He thought he was kind of doing the right thing. I mean, it was definitely a power move too, but I don't think he, he trusts, he does still trust the council. He thinks that that's the right way to handle this. Right. Wesley is still a hundred percent in on the council. Mm -hmm. Um, but this was a power move. He just also didn't realize like, because he do doesn't damage. know Faith very well, and he right. hasn't spent a lot of time with the Slayers, and, like, he just wouldn't assume... Because, like, also the thing about Giles that we learned is, like, this is part of the reason he got fired, is, like, he is willing to look at his Slayer as a person, and right. he definitely stops and thinks about what's best for the individual, and Wesley's not doing that because he's still very much, like, by-the-book Watcher's mm-hmm. protocol. Um, and also... You know, he's a little pissed that Giles is kind of stepping on his toes. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it is. I mean, I think it's the beginning of Wesley coming. To exactly. Realize, That's like, really what I'm getting at. Maybe <laughs> it's this like, isn't, oh. like, the way we should be doing things. Because he yeah. does keep following protocol and it keeps screwing up. Like, yeah. um, like, maybe on the ground, like, you can't go by the book. Like, he sends them after Lagos and, like, um, yeah. you know, no, that's, sorry, that's not Lagos. That's the, the Glove of Midagod. Um, oh, right. After Balthazar, like, he sends mm-hmm. them after, but he tells them this demon is dead, and this demon is most certainly not dead. Mm-hmm. And, like, so he keeps sending them into these dangerous situations because he's yeah. like, this is what a slayer does, and, like, right. I come up with a mission and you follow it, but, like, yeah. that's not really how they operate on the ground, so. But I, yeah, and it just, 
yeah. But I just think, you know, it's a nice indication of where Wesley is going to go as a person is that he is going to keep trying to help. He is still making mistakes, but he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Sort of spoilers. <laughs> I kind of forget how his story ends, if I'm honest. But for a while, he's uh, not totally hapless. Yeah, it takes uh, a while for Wesley to yeah. not be so bumbling. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Wesley, this is the beginning of the Wesley-Cordelia flirtation. Oh, God, yeah. It's so <sighs> gross. It really is. Why do they do it? Why do I they mean, do like it? At first, he thought she was a teacher, but... Yeah, but then after that, just let it go. Yeah. It's really inappropriate. Although I have no idea how old he's supposed to be. I mean, he's definitely supposed to be young, but like, she's definitely just. But unless he's 20, you know, (laughs) she's unacceptable. She's 18, but. um, Yeah. Yeah. And then, but she, like, uh, it's. Let's move on to Doppelgang. Yeah. Um, Because I was about to say something and I realized it was in Doppelgang land. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what happens. So, okay, so Doppelgang Land is, uh, (laughs) so we see Anya, the former vengeance demon, Mm -hmm. is still hanging around Sunnydale, and she, because she, apparently without her power center, is stuck wherever she basically was casting the spell, I guess. So she's stuck as a, she's stuck in Sunnydale, and she's stuck as a senior in high school, and apparently flunking math. So, um, <laughs> she decides that she wants to get her power center back and she knows the only way to do it is to like, it's in this old, this other dimension because she goes to her demon overseer or someone who like won't help her. So she decides apparently that Willow is the next best choice to, <laughs> um, to help her. So, um, Willow and Anya start a spell to create, create as Anya says, a teeny temporal fold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the idea being she'll open up a slight window into this dimension and like grab her amulet. Um, mm-hmm. but Willow kind of gets a glimpse of what Anya is actually taking them to like this mm-hmm. other dimension. And so Willow kind of interrupts the spell, but I guess the way she does it pulls her doppelganger from this other dimension out of mm-hmm. that world and into theirs. And so we get this delightful, sequence of events where um vampire willow stands in for regular willow and ultimately (laughs) like terrifies and devastates her friends who think they've seen willow as a vampire um (laughs) to intimidating this guy that she was supposed to tutor and like he was definitely trying to take advantage of her and like you know by the end he's totally um treating her like he's teacher's pet or whatever. Um, (laughs) Because the whole thing that beginning this episode is Willow starting to feel a little bit taken advantage of and like a little bit boring and like Mm -hmm. old reliable. And like, she's starting to chafe a little bit against that. So she kind of gets a glimpse of herself as basically the complete opposite and mm-hmm. decides that she doesn't like it, but yeah. <laughs> she might take a, f- borrow a few tools and, you know, she can have a little, she can loosen up a little bit. Um, but they have to contain this vampire who decides to start by taking over the bronze. And so, um, they, you know, come up with this plan, like Willow tranquilizes doppelganger Willow when she tries to attack her. And so they kind of, Willow takes over her outfit and, you know, they end up basically deciding just to send her back where she came from because Mm -hmm. Willow doesn't really want to kill essentially herself. 
Um, and Buffy agrees, so they send her back where she's promptly staked by Oz, <laughs> just as she was at the <laughs> end of The Wish. Yeah. Um, just in time to stop her from dropping the F-bomb, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but it's really interesting. It's like we see the two sides of Willow here um, because we do get this. Well, we'll talk about it in a little yeah. bit. But, yeah. Yeah. But that's an interesting way to phrase it. Is this two sides of Willow? Right. Because that's sort but of the That's kind of the question. Yeah. On, the, on board. But so that's, that's Doppelgangland um, yeah. in a nutshell, basically. Um, um, you know, I was happy to see Anya back. I think she is very funny. <laughs> I think in this episode, she definitely gets way more to do, and yeah. we kind of see, like, sarcastic Anya mm-hmm. here, um, which we didn't really get a lot of when she was just vengeance demon Anya, right, but, right. like, I love her scene at the bronze where she's trying to yeah, order exactly. a beer, and <laughs> she can't. I'm 1,100 years old. <laughs> Although, you know, this is a, we'll have to talk about this more down the line, because, but, like, Anya is just as bad, if not worse, as Angel or Spike. Um, Anya is fully willing to kill everyone in the bronze and fully willing like, to kill no, but I mean, human she Willow. Has she's, killed, she's been killing people for a thousand, a, a oh, thousand yeah, years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I so, mean, like, it is I weird mean, in, in this never episode. Even, right. No, no, no. But I'm trying to say, again, kind of just like from the show, as a fan, people rarely hold Anya up. You know, it's not really a question of if we do or don't forgive her. And, you know, going down our traditional line of arguing with Xander is like, Xander specifically is never going to ask these questions about Anya. You know, the way that he holds Angel, he he wants Buffy to be responsible about what she's doing with Angel, but he's never going to do that. He's not. I just and like, I, the only thing I can think of that the reason you're right, like the entire group never like they always sort of like raise an eyebrow at Anya. It comes stories, up, I think, in like season seven. Yes, but it does. It's but, not a thing that it's not a thing, right? Nobody has to have these arguments about Anya. But I think. We should. The point I'm trying to make is I think that the reason they don't is because she's human. And I think, like, they come to this conclusion of, like, you know, I mean, it's also... Mm. I think that that is just... We find out, I mean, we get more backstory later of, like, maybe Anya didn't particularly choose this path, but um, but she is eventually human. And so I think they just treat her like an innocent human because of that. Like, I think the reason they don't give Spike and Angel the pass is they're still technically demons. I... I think it's more kind of just like an accidental or maybe not so accidental. Like, I don't know. I I think we just don't hold the women in the same light as we hold the men. And I think that the writers do that. I think it is a mistake. But because, well, again, okay. We can't get into this because they haven't really told us anything about Anya or who she is. Or like even she hasn't stuck around for more than two episodes. So I'll put, put this on pause. But I think she's responsible for her position as a demon. She She tries to get it. Well, in this episode, she's certainly not, like, it's surprising to me that they just have her work with them at the end to, like, yeah. do the return spell, and then it's like, see you later, like, that's Yeah, she, yeah, like, yeah, she, yeah. She's You're right, she like, was helping to, like, the vampires. Sick a vampire on yeah. Willow, and, like, doesn't really care who dies, like, yeah. she's just on this quest to get her, her, um, power Which is back. fine for a villain, it makes her a fun villain, but it makes her a bad friend that they should not just invite to stick around. <laughs> They kind of, uh, well, they, I don't think that's quite how it happens, but. No, 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 I yeah. know, but. <laughs> um, but I do this, so we're getting into this, I want, the first conversation I want to have is one that we kind of already started. Um, okay, yeah. And we're sort of talking about it now. Um, sure. But there is this throwaway line that Angel has in this episode where, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
Buffy, Buffy says like because mm-hmm. Willow is saying I don't want to kill her she's me and Buffy's kind of like well no actually she's not when you, you yeah. become a vampire remember like it's not you and then Angel interjects and I uh-huh. howled I was like yeah yeah what? like he just goes well actually yeah and that that one well actually is the retcon we have been waiting for it's this true entire time yeah because otherwise if if Angel I forgot Angel had said this and mm-hmm. me too it's it must be their explanation of like we've totally muddied the waters here. So, like that I one just, will yeah. actually explains Drusilla and Zachary and like. I mean, it sort of explains. It well, gives them an out. Yeah, it is a rec- it's a successful retcon. But and like maybe what he's gonna say is like sometimes that's not true. But like I know I wish he would explain it more though. Yeah, he should. I, maybe 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 he'll answer more of my questions than Angel. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe they get more into it. But... I feel like he does, but who knows? Yeah. At a minimum, after we just had this debacle with the Watchers Council, I, w- I wish that the writers had been smart enough to say, oh, it's them, and they've been lying to you. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's such a good answer for this problem. But say lobby. I should have written the whole show. You're right. Ugh. But then they would have had to blame all the men, and I mean, maybe they didn't want to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm all about it. But yeah, so, I mean, it is a version of Willow. Yeah. It's not, I don't know that it's what she has inside her, which is kind of the way that they pose it, you know? Well, they definitely do, because the other interesting thing is she says at the end, she's like, I think I'm kind of gay. I know, I know. I never know what to make of that. No, but that's why I think that it's supposed to be, like, just another side of Willow's personality if she were to, like, lose all moral center. Right. You know, because but I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's fine to say it, describe it as another side of her. I feel like when they say, oh, it's what you have inside of her, the imp- what you have inside, the implication is that she's constantly tamping that personality down, which I don't think is true at all. You know, no, this is what she's capable of in completely different circumstances. No, but that's I not the same the as like what you secretly have inside you all the time, which a little bit is what they say. I don't know if that's really what they're implying, because I think the idea is like, she doesn't have to tamp it down. She has a soul. So like, it's naturally just not part Mm -hmm. of her, but like, were she to not have a soul, this might be part of her personality that comes out. That's how I'm thinking of it. Not that like Willow's like, I really want to wearing weird leather and like killing people. Like it's that, that Willow's personality manifested in a demon would maybe come out this way. Mm hmm. No, 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 but obviously that's true because that's, yeah. nurtured and taught in, you know, all of this by the master and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to think of where she came from, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody said something that I was like, eh, I don't feel like that's the way to nail this theme. But suffice it to say, I mean, I think it is good for Willow to see that, like, she can, she does, she is capable of, of making different choices and being, so, right, she doesn't have to let Percy walk all over her. Right. Um. For example. So I think that, yeah, it is good for her to see that, like, it's not that she has this secret other personality. It's just that she, oh, right, I, she holds herself back is because she's kind of timid and, like, oh, I don't have to always do that is, I'm not making a very coherent point. Uh, can we talk about her all-fuzz outfits in this episode? I Twice she wears head-to-toe fuzz. It drives me nuts. the leather. I know. I know what it's meant to do, and I hate it every time. It's a ridiculous <laughs> outfit. They dress her like a two-year-old for the, a whole episode. And it's not just the one outfit. It's both. It was what she was wearing the day before, too. I was like, oh, outfit number one is also head-to-toe fuzz. <laughs> Although, side note, at some point last year, somebody was selling, like, a couple of, like, 
I forget which retailer it was, but somebody was selling like Buffy clothes, like not Buffy inspired fashion, but like literal clothes that they wear in the episodes. And one of them was that pink fuzzy shirt. I was like, oh, should I buy that and wear it ironically? I didn't, but I did really think about it. <laughs> I don't think anyone would really raise an eyebrow. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, not that it's part of your normal outfits. Oh. I mean, like on the street, like it would blend in. I see, I yeah. see. People at work I thought you were saying no one would notice wearing? that I'm dressing like a child. <laughs> um, okay. It bugs me, though. I wish they just, I think they put their like put the pedal to the metal with that outfit and all they needed like I get that they need to draw a contrast but they didn't need to go so hard so I want to talk a little bit how funny this episode was okay (laughs) I like all the little asides I don't really want to go through like a running list of like one-liners but I just feel like every character in this had like a really funny um a really funny line, especially Allison Hannigan, man, they gave her, and she played the hell out of this episode, mm-hmm. and they gave her so much good, but I think the funniest thing was when Snyder had Willow and Percy in his office, and he mm-hmm. was talking about, like, bringing the jocks and the um, the brains together or whatever, and she's mm-hmm. like, you want us to breed? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the mayor continues to be his, like, funny like family value self and immediately like let's go kill your little friend (laughs) yeah that is great um although speaking of the mayor I actually do want to I what I appreciate about this is that so like he sets up faith with her fancy new apartment in this episode right and it's like we just get a couple glimpses of them like how they're now working together and she kind of makes not like makes a pass at him but she assumes that there's gonna she's gonna have to you know, like give him something else in return. And he immediately shuts that down. And I appreciate that, you know, like that's, first of all, it wouldn't be in line with the mayor's character, but like, I just, I like that there's not really ambiguity in the show about faith in the mayor's relationship. It's completely paternal, not to say that it's obviously not innocent, but like, I just appreciate that they give us that line so that down the road, we don't have to have this argument about like, Oh, but was the mayor really trying to butter her up because blah, blah, blah. Like it's not part of the story. No. No, you know, like, and the mayor very, is an awful person, but he's not a sexual harasser. So, yeah, he's you know, not, it's, um, he's, he's very open. Like that is not part of this mm-hmm. arrangement. And I, um, buy, I believe it when he says it, right? Like he's not looking for that. Yeah. Do you think that was Alan's apartment? <laughs> I never thought about it. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Because he, no, no, why would the mayor have owned Alan's apartment? I don't know, but, <laughs> but he's like, that is really funny. I'm like, there's a vacancy. So. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they were paying Alan that well. I mean, who knows what they were no. doing, Alan? I, I don't understand how someone like Alan wound up in the mayor's office. It's a great with, point. But they must have just thought he was quiet and they could stomp all over him, and so he was a good pick. But the maybe. mayor must have had several deputy mayors by now. I would assume, yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole thing was, you know, Faith is like very childish kind of like, she's just jumping on the bed mm-hmm. and like, she's excited that she got, um, a PlayStation. A PlayStation yeah. and, like, it's all very interesting because like she, and she's also like, before that we see, you know, the watchers are putting them kind of through these tests to sort mm-hmm. of assess oh, right. like, well, it's probably an outcome of like this, like accidental murder. So they're it like, is, yeah putting them through reflex testing and like, um, psychological testing and all of this and Mm -hmm. see them kind of training. But what we see is faith just in the middle of all of this acting like no big deal. Like, Mm -hmm. um, 
so it is kind of jarring then to remember, like, oh, no, she's working with the mayor, and she seems to be spying on the group for him. Right. Um, which is why they decide um, to kill Willow, because she's hacking into the the mayor's files. Um, but unfortunately, the mayor's lackeys find Vampire Willow. So, I mean, like, really, Vampire yeah. Willow's timing is amazing, and it's she true. saves Willow's life so much. It's true. And I appreciate that. Willow isn't willing to kill her. I think that's the right choice. Poor vampire Willow. She's just so sad in this world. <laughs> she really is. She doesn't but belong I also here. Have a question like the some of the characters' like reactions to her, like mm. um, like Oz trying to reason with her, like is like you you know that's not going to work. Like mm-hmm. I guess they're all kind of blinded by the fact that it's shockingly Willow who's this yeah. vampire. Um, and then I love though that Oz like immediately just rolls that like oh oh this is human willow now okay yeah and he has like minimal confusion about this <laughs> He's like, of course like um but buffy and xander's reaction is just straight up like shock and like heartbreak and then yeah. it's a kind of a it nice scene sad. where they're all yeah. sitting in the library with giles and like wallowing in the fact that willow's yeah. dead and um and then she walks in and like they basically like attack her <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really liked Oz and Angel's little team up. Yeah, I wish they got to hang out more. They're friendly. It's great. (laughs) It makes so much sense. Of course, they would get along, right? Like they're both so taciturn and like inherently cool that, like, yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, But I appreciate it, and I do. You know, poor Oz, who has to think that his girlfriend is dead and now trying to kill him. Um, I think my favorite moment, though, is when Human Willow goes back dressed as Vamp Willow, and then she waves to Oz. I love one that. One of the few credit choices, like, that scene stays in the credits for a long time, and it's one of the only ones that doesn't just torture me. <laughs> you know, so many times, the ones that they pick, I'm like, those are from really sad moments in the show. <laughs> Can we not watch that every episode? But this one is sweet. I like that, and then um, I also love the moment where she drags her hand through the girl's hair, and it gets stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you're right. Also at the end, so she's like, wait, has a signal to give so that everyone can come in and save her if she needs it. And the way she does it is by saying, oh, could a human do this? And then just screams. (laughs) You're right. Everyone was like, yeah, I think a human could. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, speaking of the credits, I realized watching this episode that they have that scene where Angel, evil Angel is spying on Buffy. Yeah. um, And... In the scene, because he's angel, evil angel, it plays as, like, really creepy and, like, mm-hmm. whatever. But he has this, like, smile on his face that mm-hmm. now that he's not evil anymore just looks really mischievous. Like, No, I still remember that he's evil. He's on the corner smiling no. mischievously. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, no, but so much about, like, like I said, this episode, I think I just, I'm just, like, I've devolved into just listing funny moments, but like <laughs> honestly, the end where Percy brings her the apple and I know. like the two different reports, I was crying. I laughed so hard. It is really funny. Willow is just so bewildered, and he's like, "I didn't know which Roosevelt, so I did both." And uh, <laughs> and then he just puts the apple on there and like runs away. <laughs> yeah, she. That was really the best effect, other than also saving her. You know, act, being the one who gets attacked by the lackeys. Um, yeah, of Vamp Willow. Yeah. I like how quickly Vamp Willow is able to establish herself as, like, a gang leader, though. 
I mean, she really had a lot of power, I think, in that like other universe. Number two. Mm-hmm, exactly. I think that lends credence to like she wasn't just there that day. She is probably pretty high up in the Masters order. Well, Willow is very smart. I know. And since, I, and yeah. since we got I want a her well to overachieve no matter what she does. Yeah. yeah. Since we got a well actually after a vampire's personality mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the person they were, then I'm assuming mm-hmm. her smarts carried over. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't, oh, so I did want to mention, cause, just because it's cute, that I think that in that scene where Vampire Willow attacks Cordelia and um, Wesley kind of saves her, mm-hmm. was that the first scene together with Alexis Denisoff and Allison Hannigan? Oh, I was trying to remember if Willow had been oh, in shoot. with Wesley before, yeah. and I didn't think she had. I think you might be right. And it, it just kind of made me awe. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. It's like, oh, the Buffy marriage getting off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> um, if anybody doesn't know, they are married in real life. And yes. they have kids. Yeah. And they're adorable. And they've been married for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of long-running, just as uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I was just going to bring them up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I keep seeing some, like, video on Facebook of Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. Like, you know how people do those, like, cuts of, like, all the times they've spoken about each other, and it's so sweet. And I'm like, pretend like I'm too good for it, but I watch the Sarah Michelle Gellar one every time I see it. <laughs> it's, it's really sweet, and I like them. <laughs> and I, I want them to last forever. <laughs> I don't know why this is so, like, indelibly printed in my mind, but, like, when she won, like, a um, Teen Choice Award or something, mm-hmm. she, like, got up there, and she's, like, standing there with, like, a surfboard, <laughs> and she's, like, my goal is Freddy, and I was just, like, Aww. oh, <laughs> but, I, but I was, like, I think, but I always go back to that, because I'm, like, I think that's why they lasted so long, yeah. like, her goal was this guy in this marriage, not, like, this Hollywood fame right, thing, right. so... Maybe that's the secret. It seems like they have a lot of balance. Yeah. Which, you know, hard to say, cook, really. So but. that probably helps. <laughs> <laughs> it also reminded me, I, I must have thought had this thought at the time, but I, I've watched a lot of Bones because I love David Boreanaz. <laughs> <laughs> and that Freddie Prince Jr. has like a little cameo in that. Did he? Or he has like a little, He's he's got a minor role. Yeah. Oh, I he, he comes back more than once, but he's like, he's some other FBI guy. Um, Are these in later seasons? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I and was just like, oh, that's totally how they got him cast plane, in that. Watched like part of um, like maybe season ten or something. Oh god! And I was it's like, so bad. <laughs> I know. I you know the thing about Bones is yes, I probably initially watched because David Boreanaz, but also like for a few seasons it was actually it's good. good. Yeah, no, I don't regret but any I of the moments I've spent like, watching it. Yeah, I was watching it and I was like, oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I stopped. I've not seen the very latest one or two, but I've been kind of saving them for a rainy day. Well, they work well on a plane <laughs> when you don't really want to pay attention, but there's like something on. <laughs> after, um, after I was, when I was, I was living at home at my parents' house after college for like a, a few months and I painted my room and I watched Bones while I did that. So like I have this weird association between Bones and like paint fumes. That might have had, might have something to do with why I like it so much, but whatever. Maybe that's why you think Freddie Prince Jr. was on it. <laughs> no, 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 because that's much later. He's definitely on it. Um, <laughs> so we be- briefly mentioned this, but I do want to talk about Cordelia confronting Willow. Oh, yeah, um, I know. It turned out I skipped it was Vampire Willow, but, mm-hmm. you know, Cordelia and Willow never did talk about, like, this whole, like, yeah. her cheating on 
well, Oz, but Xander cheating on her with Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do kind of like that Cordelia takes that moment to Me sort too. of, <laughs> yes. you know. To say, hey, you need to actually hear this. Yeah. Um, even though she's dressed to the nines to come accidentally <laughs> run into Wesley in the library. But, um, yeah, I, and, you know, I, I love, like, Vampire Willow's reaction is very mm-hmm. similar to um, Human Willow's reaction when she and Cordelia were stuck in a closet together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ask for an aspirin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's funny. Um, you know, not... Ugh. Yeah. Not to touch back on this, but I think one of the reasons... It just is the the casting... The fact that Cordelia is so clearly not a teenager is why the Wesley stuff doesn't really bother me that much but it is kind of a it's kind of a shame they really shouldn't have written that in because it is inappropriate but it's hard to feel like it's inappropriate when they're clearly the same age you know i mean it's like it really does look especially when she comes in that sequin dress like she looks super great but she does not look like a teenager and like and i don't mean it like oh these kids today dress up and look so old i'm like oh no i i just can tell that you are in your 20s And I think that's partly why, like, they get away with these types mm-hmm. of stories on TV is because it doesn't look like what it would actually look like exactly. in real life, which is an adult preying on a child. Yeah. But I, I mean, they sort this is of... Like, they should have just skipped over this. Yeah. Or we should have just admitted that Cordelia is, like, you know, 22 and in high school or something. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's the problem, too, with casting is, like, they always mm-hmm. cast a little older, but, like, sometimes people, like will, like, from one year to the next, like, right. age up, like, really mm-hmm. fast, kind of. And, like, yeah. Charisma Carpenter never looked like a teenager. Yeah, um, she really didn't. So she always kind of looked a little old for the setting. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, that's as time TV, goes I on. guess. So yeah. I'm convinced that's why people think I look so young is because, like, everyone on TV is, like, cast by mm. older people and mm-hmm. so it's like no I, I might actually look my age but just not like the ones on tv <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know I don't really I guess I have much more to say about this other than I really love this episode um yeah it's, it's a fun time a fun yeah it's just delightful I mean like you know it, it kind of serves as a window as to why they might be interacting with Anya a little bit later mm-hmm. um but it has nothing really to do too much with, like, the overarching mayor plot. I mean, we get, like, a little yeah, bit Yeah, just a little it, bit. But, like, it's mostly just, like, you know, it's a Willow episode about, like, how's Willow feeling about things these days? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, <laughs> speaking of, I almost forgot about this, but because I watched this episode that night, I had a, I was having crazy dreams, as I typically do. But I had a dream that I tried to, for some reason... It was like a hybrid Buffy and Stranger Things dream. So, like, some magic stuff was going on. But at the end of it, I created a temporal fold and then accidentally got stuck five years ago in my old job. Or, like, in my job, but five years ago. (laughs) And so I, like, walked in and I was like, oh, no, I'm the assistant again. And then I was, like, having these meetings with my boss trying to explain, like, no, 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 but I, like, know how to do all this already. And can we just cut to the part where I handle such and such stuff? And it was really frustrating. It was, like... It was like a Greek punishment. Like, oh, you have to relive all this stuff. No one will believe you that you already know how to do it all. That Uh, actually sounds kind of terrifying. It was not a good dream. (laughs) But I literally, I definitely remember having the the thought temporal fold in my dream. So I know (laughs) this is where it came from. (laughs) You mean the upside down isn't a temporal fold? 
I don't think I mentioned the upside down. It's something, the tie-in was some kind of 11 thing. Okay. I, I mean, she is, yeah, we, what are you talking about? How do you know those words? Because I know those <laughs> words. I just haven't seen Stranger Things, but, like, everyone knows that it's about the upside down. Okay. <laughs> you know, because I read pop culture things and things bleed in. Yeah. Um, I think I even know who Eleven is, but... Uh, <laughs> you do. She's the girl. <laughs> she likes There's not that waffles. many girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, well, I know there was another girl, but I think she's dead, so... Um, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Depends on who you're talking about anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So I think this week, well, I guess before I declare my team, do you have any oh, yeah. pop culture recommendations? I kind of uh, do. N- I'm, I'm going to be so embarrassed to say it, but I will do it. But you go okay. first. <laughs> no, I don't have anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> um, so I am a little surprised that I'm saying this because... Mm-hmm. Let's just, let me preface. I don't know. This is going to sound so basic, but I am going to plug Taylor Swift's new album. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> not, but I want to I be very specific about this. So I, first of all, was not anticipating this album release. Like mm-hmm. I had listened to the singles that she came out with mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, like this is a huge mistake. Like, why is she doing this? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care about this. And then I listened to the album and I... I'm so confused as to what the strategy was with her album rollout because she released four of the worst songs on the record as her, mm. or three out of four of the worst songs as her lead singles. Like, I, I don't know if she was trying to dump them or, like, if she just miscalculated or what. Like, it doesn't make any sense. There are a few songs on this album that are just flat-out amazing. Hmm. Um, there's one I want to talk about in particular, though, is, like, even if no one wants to go listen to this entire album, and mm-hmm. I would totally not blame you based mm-hmm. on what we've heard so far mm-hmm. definitely go listen to getaway car because holy crap that thing is like it's been in my head for like 24 hours <laughs> it sounds like a leftover bleachers song from like their, their latest album but like it's also the most fantastic disc to tom hiddleston and i oh <laughs> i'm not sure he deserves that <laughs> it's not like it's not blaming him or anything it's just like if i were him i would be like I would feel a little used. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't he know. He probably doesn't feel used. That was probably just staged. Yeah. So, Hard like, to say. I understand the risk of telling people to go out and, like, <laughs> love this album, but I do think that it was badly marketed and, like, you shouldn't expect more of, like... I mean, there are some, like, um, obviously, like, feud-based songs, like, Mm -hmm. about Kim and Kanye and, like, whatever, but, like, none of them were as awful as Look What You Made Me Do, Mm -hmm. and they don't make her sound crazy petty and, like, weird, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, I don't know. It's, most of the songs are about the fact that she's, like, apparently super into her boyfriend, so. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised, so (laughs) I'm just doing a PSA out here because (laughs) I was, like, oh, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Sorry, Jenny, for telling you to watch or to listen to Taylor Swift. No, it's fine. I'm, Although you told uh, me you came around on the last album. So. I did, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel strongly about her one way or another. Like, I don't really, I don't really care. I'll, I know I'll hear it eventually. I know she writes catchy things. I'll sing along, but, you know, that's, it, I don't, I don't have strong feelings about her. It's just not, yeah. I mean, I'm I was not, talking about this the other day. You know how sometimes, like, sometimes, like, I, I understand what the fuss is about. I'm just not involved in it. <laughs> I just I'll, I'll hear like it sometime. My thing about it is like, I think 
it's just fun to listen to. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. a diehard, like, Taylor Swift fan. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to defend her to, like, my last breath or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, some people are obviously like, she can do no wrong. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. she's a very flawed person. But yeah. <laughs> I do think, like, she is actually really skilled at writing songs. And yeah. they yeah. like even the ones where I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like two days later, it's still in my head. So mm-hmm. jokes on me because apparently she writes a hook that, you know, just right. digs itself into my brain. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, yeah, I'm unashamed, but That's fair. I recognize you might not agree. <laughs> That's fine. So I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think I'm team Willow. Yeah. So me too. But team which Willow. one? Dark Willow. Mm, okay, I'm team human Willow. <laughs> team Fuzzy Willow? Yeah, team Fuzzy <laughs> Willow. <laughs> and you can be team Leather Willow, I guess? I don't Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bored now. All right. <laughs> Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. <laughs>